Hi. Hi. <laughs> I just having a ball. I'm in the chat with our church online. They're so awesome. And everything sounds really good. I don't know if you guys knew, but we have a new soundboard. It's installed and running today. And yeah, online church sounds great. Luke's, Luke's here visiting, helping us out this week, running sound. Uh, it's a good day. It's a good, good day, and I'm glad to be here. I'm excited. Uh, just, I want to reiterate a couple things, uh, just now that I have your attention. Next week, we will not be in person. We'll be online only. We do that every Christmas uh, to give all of our volunteers and staff Christmas with their families. But we uh, do have an entire worship service already done uh, we're going to be editing that and posting that uh, to live stream at 1030 next Sunday. So we'll all be on connecting. And, and for our online church, I want to uh, remind you, there will be people visiting online for the first time. So welcome them when they get there. And it's like, it's just like regular church. So thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Um, who here's a play the lottery? You ever play the lottery? Speaking of the lottery... You know you can do that? You can bring something up and then just say, speaking of it, and talk about whatever you want. It's a pretty cool conver- conversation hack. But uh, do you know the odds of winning the lottery of the Powerball? According to Investopedia, one in 300 million. One in 300 million. Now, I've heard it said that, the, that that's a bit, that's a, that's, those are long odds, they would say, right? Uh, I've heard it said that lottery is a tax on people who are bad at math. Um, one in 300 million, but you know, we just don't have a way to understand 300 million. I, I think if you could picture something, we have a hard time picturing a million of anything or a thousand of anything. One of my favorite jokes is from Mitch Hedberg. He says that, uh, rice is amazing. If you ever want to eat 2000 of them, something, right? We just, we, we can't fathom a large quantity. So let me put it into perspective for you. The chance of being killed by lightning is one in 2.3 million. One in 300 million. One in 2.3 million. The chance of dying after coming into contact with a venomous animal or plant is one in 3.4 million. 300 million? One in 3.4. There's a one in 10 million chance of being struck by falling airplane parts. Okay, one in 300 million. You guys remember an old commercial from an investment firm. They were trying to get you to invest and be intentional. Um, and the, the, one of their lines was, the odds of winning the lottery are the same as being mauled by both a grizzly bear and a polar bear on the same day. <laughs> but, <laughs> Right? But why do millions of people play the lottery? Why do millions of people buy a lottery ticket? How much does hope cost? A dollar. We get hope. We have the hope. This is a running joke in my family. My mom used to to talk about when we win the lottery was like that was when everything was going to be okay is when we win the lottery. And I remember she said, when we win the lottery, and I said, mom, did you buy a lottery ticket? She went, no. I'm like, well, but it's the hope of the lottery that's out there. It's hope that something is going to relieve our burdens and free. The hope that something is going to be different. Something is going to cause a change and, and to help us. 
grow. In this foretold series, we've been talking about Jesus as the fulfillment of all these hopes, of all these promises, and all these prophecies of the Old Testament. This series has been called Foretold. It's just a three-week series we're doing specifically for the, the Christmas season. And we talked about Jesus uh, being born as a baby in the line of David and how that was prophesied of how Jesus would enter the world. And then we talked about Jesus as king and how he would reign in a kingdom that's not quite understood by the people. And it won't be the kingdom they're expecting, but it'll still be the king that will have victory and conquers. And he was talking about the kingdom of heaven, not the kingdom of earth. And when that disconnect happened, when it, he wasn't the kingdom of, of the world, of the temporary, people rejected him and questioned him. They didn't get it because they wanted a kingdom of the temporary instead of a kingdom of eternity. And today we're going to look more at that eternity that is promised to us and why it matters to us. When speak, looking at statistics, looking back at uh, Jesus, uh, there's a guy named Peter Stoner. He's the chairman of the departments of mathematics and astronomy at Pasadena College. He came to this conclusion in his research. He said, the, pros the prospect of anyone satisfying even eight key prophecies of the Old Testament is one in 10 to the 17th power. There's over 300 prophecies. I looked further between services and found more of his research. He said that the, the odds of one person fulfilling all 300 plus of the prophecies is one in 10 to the 157th power. Yeah. Wow, that's a lot. Why do we care about this? Why does this matter? Why? Because here, here's the problem with statistics, right? They say that 75% of statistics are made up on the spot. See, I just did that. It's like, make, make, that way. Yeah. See, he's like, really? Abraham Lincoln said that on the internet. Okay. Because, um, <laughs> I mean, this critical thinking says that you could look at anything that exists and then backtrace the odds of that specific thing happening, right? That's what the critic would say, the, uh, uh, the skeptic. And, and that's true. Uh, but why do we care about this? The, the accuracy uh, the way that Jesus uh, traveled as a baby just explains it. And this isn't a, a syncretism. This is just, it just happened this way as if there was an author writing a story that led to our eternal joy. And there's these components of the story that are profoundly true to us. And it is our reason for hope. We're so desperate for hope, we'll buy a lottery ticket knowing there's literally no chance, uh, uh, no logical chance of us winning a significant amount of money to change our life. But you know as well as I do, money doesn't change you. And I can testify, it, it amplifies who you already are. That's what it does. So that's not the place to put our hope. And Jesus warns us over and over again, and you and I know it's true, like anything on earth that we put our hope in is temporary. It's not worth our hope. 
It's not worth putting our trust in our relationships, our financial status, our relationship status, our parents, our kids, our friends, to put our hope and our identity and our peace and our circumstance on earth is so fragile. And it's not trustworthy to put your hope in. So Jesus is inviting us to put our hope in something eternal. And, and here's why. If you look at the, the overall invitation of the Bible, is God is inviting us to experience eternal joy. That's what he's inviting us to do. And he's saying the path to do that is to put your hope in heaven, not on earth. And here, I'm going to bring heaven to earth for you in Jesus Christ. And your relationship with him is going to shape the rest of your life to where when you're going through struggles, you're going to find that there's peace in the midst of your struggles, that there's hope when most of the time, or maybe your old self would see hopelessness. The joy is ours. Now, that's why we care. We all long for joy. The, as we conclude this series, as we talk about the prophecies of Jesus and how Jesus was born into this world as a, a vulnerable baby, vulnerable baby, he lived a sinless life, he bore a weight and, and, and paid the, paid the, the, brought justice in the only way that could bring reconciliation of mankind to God. Because we can't think of this choosing joy as some clappy la-la land of pretending like there's not pain and suffering. We're not, we're not to pretend like there's no struggle. We're, we have a joy in the midst of our struggle. We have a joy in the middle of a difficult time. And I think too long when we put, when we put our hope on temporary things, we think, oh, I can't feel joy now because something's not right. Something's not right in my life, my finances, my relationship, my living situation, my relationship status. Something's not right. Something doesn't feel resolved, so I can't have joy. Now, think about this if we all feel that, because what really what we're saying is, I can't express or feel joy right now because the world isn't leaning in my favor right now. But... Can you have joy if the world is leaning in someone else's favor right now? And if, if your situation is your, uh, if, if your situation being leaning in your favor, going right for you, is your criteria for joy, you are your God. That's, that's who you are. You are serving as your God. Because that's your condition for hope and joy, is that just this one, this one thing gets, when I get out of debt, when I get my first job, when I graduate college, when my relationship gets better, when my whatever, fill, fill in the blanks, when this happens, when that happens, when that, then, then I can choose joy. When my cancer goes into remission, I can choose joy. I tell you, some of my biggest heroes are people that have chosen joy in the midst of chemo. Because they tell something truth about the world. That our hope is in something beyond this world. Our hope is in something eternal. Yeah. What does this mean to us? Jesus. 
Jesus is our way to have hope and peace in the midst of our struggles. Is our way to experience joy. And how? The question is, how do I do that? Like, so what do I do? I'll just tell you what I do. Um, I put down the weapons I'm using against God. When God wants to bring me joy and peace and offer me comfort in the midst of the world that's messed up and things aren't right and I'm unsure about this, I'm insecure about myself and my future and, and who knows what God's doing, there is uh, what I am doing is God's offering joy and I'm using weapons against him. I like to say it like that because that's what I'm doing. My weapons are, oh, but God, you don't understand my situation is different. Oh, oh, but God, I know that, that there's joy in the midst of life, da, 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 suffering, but they really, really made me mad. So because there's two reallys, I can't have joy. Or I know I'm supposed to have joy, but I'm different. And that's kind of what the enemy wants us to do. It's one of the biggest tools and lies that we tell ourselves that stop us from feeling connected to one another and the joy of the Lord is that we feel like our situation is different and people just wouldn't understand Every one of us has a relationship that isn't right right now. Every one of us has someone who is rejecting us. Every one of us has a struggle with an issue that we're having a hard time reconciling and we just don't know and we can't find peace and I don't know where they land and where I stand and where I am because I stand here and they stand there and what does this mean? We all have that. We share that. That is a common ground that we're all struggling with. We all have sin and regret in our past that damage relationships and we don't know how to navigate next steps. We all have that. We all have financial insecurity where just one change in our picture could change and that makes us nervous. And it doesn't matter how, how much you have, one change. We all have that one sin in our past or that one person who condemns us and criticizes us and we're afraid they get a voice that's too loud and it ruins our other relationships. This is universal. You're not unique in this. We share in this together and I hope for you that isn't dismissive, but it's comforting. And we can have joy in the midst when things aren't okay. We're not pretending things are okay. We're not living in some narcissistic or uh, uh, Gnostic denial uh, of my world's defined by what I know. I just made up a word. <laughs> Gnostic and narcissistic kind of put together. They go together. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Doesn't it? The weights and the sin, they just cling. They, 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 they threaten to be our identity. They cling so closely. And let us run with endurance, the race with endurance, right? Long-suffering. It's a long race. It's not a sprint. Let's run with endurance. The race that is set before us. What is set before us? Eternal joy is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. 
despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. What he endured because of the hope to come, the joy of the hope to come. And, and I, I, I look at it like this. I borrow joy from my eternal hope so I can live in it today in the midst of my struggle. So for the joy set before me, that one day Jesus is going to return, there will be a judgment day where justice and joy become one. There is justice. And there is joy. Will you be ready for that day? And what do I mean by Like, when I put my weapons down, I'm surrendering. I'm giving up. And saying, I don't have to have everything in my life squared away before I can have joy. I can have joy now in the midst of things not being squared away. And I'm not betraying any pain or fear. I'm not, you don't owe suffering a minute of your drudgery, you know? You don't owe it. It doesn't diminish the, how bad things are. To choose that joy that there will be a day when this is resolved. And what you find is what that does is that gives you the countenance that you need to bring God's heaven to that situation. To bring God's kingdom to that situation. And as much as you can, you bring heaven to earth. When Jesus teaches us how to pray, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Like The idea, the imagery of Everything, plants, animals, viruses, being submitted to God's kingdom. Living under God's perfect reign and rule of love and justice. That's what we have to look forward to. And it's the joy set before me. And then scripture talks about it as we share in the suffering of Christ. Because through the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Through the joy set before us, we endure the brokenness and the sin and the shame in this life. And we claim that we are defined by something greater that Jesus is our savior and that he takes us out of this world and invites us to the kingdom of heaven, which allows us to be a blessing to this world. Can you forgive someone without them apologizing? If you can, you're bringing God's kingdom to earth as it is in heaven because before we were ever born, Christ died for us. Before we were ever born, before you were ever created, In the creation of Adam and Eve, God wrote forgiveness into the story of mankind. It was part of the plan. God wasn't surprised when man sinned. He's not surprised when we fall away. It's not surprised when we lose hope and we choose ourselves over others and, and over the kingdom. He's not surprised. He built that in. That's how much he planned to choose us and plans to love us. So yeah, in that we can choose joy. And when we go through struggles, we're sharing in the suffering of Jesus. Jesus says, uh, what do you think? The slave is greater than the master? Like if I'm suffering, you're going to suffer. That's just part of it. There's struggles on this earth. But that doesn't mean it has to steal our joy. So for me, as I lay down my weapons, I surrender. I give it up. I stop fighting God. God's trying to speak to me and help me receive peace that I don't define this world. 
do you know if I believe in God or not doesn't change whether he exists? Like, who am I to think that if I believe something, it's how it is? Like, objective truth isn't in me. But by trusting in God that, that his ways, that this invitation, that, that the whole Bible and the whole story of mankind is about us receiving the joy of an eternal relationship with him where there is peace and justice and joy. That's what I long for. That's why we struggle because we realize the things of this world aren't as they should be. There's a song that my youth pastor sang and I'm not sure if he wrote it or if it's a... Uh, another artist, but uh, it said, uh, we are strangers in this land and our home lies far away. When we get there, he'll take our hand and say, welcome home, child. You're here to stay. Like there's brokenness in this world and we identify it. We feel it. And as much as we are able, we bring peace and love and joy in the kingdom of God to those situations when we forgive and serve and sacrifice and love. And there's joy in that hope. I'm going to quote a few songs for you today. Uh, This act of surrender, of giving up. uh, It's to claim the, the, uh, the truth that nothing on earth, nothing I do, no struggle, no sin, no shame is going to separate me from God's love. And, and in our, in our village kids, uh, Miss Gerlock, Mrs. Gerlock is emphasizing uh, scripture memory through song for the kids, which is awesome. Uh, and it's what I, I, I thank God for it in my life. But one of the scriptures I memorized as a teenager that really got me was uh, Romans eight thirty eight and 39. And it says this, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, no powers... No height, no depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. That passage has, that having that memory verse, that thing in my heart has brought me to a point of surrender. There's another song by a friend of mine named Scott Riggin, who uh, has a, a worship CD called Act of Surrender. And he's got this song called Act of Surrender. And I thank God that when our family was going through a really difficult time, lots of, lots of things to, to not, lots of, lots of valid worldly reasons to not choose joy were going on at the same time. And it was about the time we merged with the church here. And in my car, there was a CD that was stuck in the CD player for two years. I couldn't get it out. And it was the only CD I could listen to. And it's one of those CD players that when there's a CD stuck, like the radio doesn't or anything. It's like, if you're going to have anything, you're going to have the CD. It's like, you're going to have what you, what I have, and, and you're going to like it, right? But uh, I love the CD, and one of those songs that just helped me, and I think it was God that stuck that CD in there for me, because this song brought peace and healing. It's called Act of Surrender, and I just, I wanted to read some of the lyrics, and, and, and you could see why it kind of hit me, because of the idea of just me giving up and surrendering. He's talking about worship. Knees to the ground, hands in the air. This is my act of surrender. It's more than a song or the words of a prayer. This is my act of surrender. And starting now, 
I will bow down before you. And and then he repeats that. Starting now, I will bow. And I sang starting now over and over again like if it was the first time because I had to remind myself to surrender. Starting now, I will bow. Another one of my favorite songs that, that, that depict this is one of the oldest songs. It's an it's a, it's old hymn that we sing called It Is Well. During that same time, my daughter Grace and I came into this building. And we were all just struggling. We're just going through a very difficult season in life. That's for ourselves. Uh, lots of nuances going on in our family. Lots of stuff. But God was there and he was present. He sustained us. We had joy. And we had this moment with Grace here The the lights were down um, because they were turned off, not because they're burnt out. But now they're down because we're, we got the, the lift coming this week and we're going to be fixing the, as much as we can. So anyway, the lights were down and I was sitting here and Grace, my daughter, the voice of an angel, she stood up here and she sang, it is well. It is well with my soul. And I was able to be joyful and thankful and grateful for all the things that God was doing in my life, even though the pain was still there. But one of the later verses, people don't know the whole song. I don't. There's verses that I, uh, towards the end that kind of summarize, or it's kind of like a bridge where it summarizes the song. But, but Lord, tis for thee, For thy coming we wait. The sky, not the grave, is our goal. O trumpet of the angel, O voice of the Lord, blessed hope, blessed rest of my soul. And Lord, haste the day when my faith shall be sight. The clouds be rolled back as the scroll. The trumpet resound And the Lord shall descend, even so it is well with my soul. Can it be well with your soul today? Will you let it be well with your soul? That's the question. There is coming a day where joy and justice will be made complete. In that day. That is our hope. And for us to fulfill that, we turn our lives over to Jesus, we turn our lives over to God, and we put trust in his kingdom, not the things of the earth. This is the whole point of Jesus, being born in a manger, living a sinless life, teaching us to follow him in selflessness and other-centeredness, teaching us to trust in him when things seem dark, teaching us that he is the plan for ultimate joy and inviting us to follow saying follow me it's very very joyful to follow Jesus I almost said it's very safe but C.S. Lewis reminds us that there's joy in Jesus but I would never call him safe he's talking about Aslan and the lion witch in the wardrobe I wouldn't call him safe. He's good. 
This is why I preach. Because I want everyone to feel the joy of the Lord in their day to day. I want everyone to know that they, when the injustice comes, your eternity is secure with Him. Because you have received Him as your Lord and Savior and turned your life over to Him. And what that means is you put down your weapons of making excuses and fighting and just say, I'm not God. You are God. And I trust you. I trust you, Lord. First Thessalonians 4, 13, 18. Well, it's a band to come back up. And as we're singing and as we're reflecting, just, just ask the question, am I ready? And if you need prayer, if, you just, if this is confusing or is exciting or something you want to take next steps, chat with us, reach out to us, talk to us today. But during this holiday season, when we make such a big deal about Jesus, now you know why. Because in this story is wrapped our eternal joy and our hope. First Thessalonians, First Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep. That you may not grieve as others who have no hope. We have a hope. Let's not grieve like people who don't have hope. Because we, we have a hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of a command and the voice of an archangel and with the sound of the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left will be caught up. There is coming a day where joy and justice are fulfilled perfectly together. Let's draw our hope from that trust in the Lord and do our best on earth. To bring his joy to today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you have called us to not just exist and take up space and to exchange oxygen for carbon dioxide. We have a purpose here. We have a purpose to bring your light of love to the world around us. We have a purpose to live our days with the joy that is set before us that gives us courage to stand in the midst of a trial and a struggle and to not only have joy in it, but it gives us the courage to overcome it and not let it define us and to move on to something next, another challenge, another struggle, but we can overcome things and put them behind us. We don't run backwards, we run forwards in this race. God, we forget what lies behind and we strive for what is ahead. Give us a new beginning starting today that we can just say, even now, today, I will bow. I will submit. I give up. I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of fighting, making the, my requirement for joy be that everything in my life is okay. There is joy in the midst of the struggle that can be ours if we put our hope in eternity. Thank you for giving us that hope that came to earth to live among us. It's not just an idea or a philosophy. It's God in the flesh that lived among us, that walked the earth, that did miracles, that 
taught salvation and your kingdom and, and brought it into life, that giving us a new life and a new kingdom where there is victory and hope. God, give us courage to lie down these weapons and to quit fighting, quit struggling, to, to just get, give up wrestling with you. And, and God, I trust you. I've trusted you with my life. And God, I, I, I trust you with my today. I trust you with the brokenness in my life, the relationships, the, the insecurities, the, the unsureness about tomorrow, the regret of the past. I give that all to you and trust you with it, that in your day, you will make sense of the justice and joy. You will bring peace. And God, I just claim that my trust in you of all the stuff I can't know and understand, I trust in you. And when that's not feeling okay to me, I trust in you. And when I am feeling the conflict of this earth, I trust in you. I put my trust in you, God, because that's where I have my joy. And I pray that would be true for all of us, especially this holiday season that could be so filled with anxiety and stress and all the expectations of of families and broken families and strained relationships and traditions and obligations. But God, I just pray that we would be open communicators and just set people free from those expectations. Give us the courage to speak to someone and say, I don't expect anything. I, I just want to be in your presence. Hey, this year, let's not do presence. Let's just hang out. This year, can, can we do something special on another day? I've got a conflict. Let's just be open and honest so all the anxiety and stress and the fear can just go away. And we can pull forward the joy of the hope of all of this mess, this joyful mess of the holidays that could be so stressful. That will all be reconciled. There will all be peace. There will all be hope. I just pray for your peace and the joy of today when we do focus on Jesus. There's this heart posture of gratitude for all that you've done and all that you've provided. That in that gratitude would come our spirit of surrender and we would receive your joy. Be with us this holiday. Let us be lights in our family, in our workplace, in our neighborhood. In Jesus' name, amen.